Welcome to Rationalist, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with the in-person, present Eddie Matthews in our first ever in-person Rationalist episode. First ever, face-to-face. And even beyond that, another special occasion, we've got a guest with us today, soccer expert Paige Johnson here from the get-go. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. It really is. Yeah. So, Paige, <laughs> you're welcome. Tell us what. Tell us what your favorite episode of the pod has been. <clears throat> well, I really liked episode um, four. You've uh, never listened when, to an episode when you guys use the force to like blow up that big. Thing. You've never listened to an <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, I know. I'm totally. <laughs> yeah, we're recruiting. We might just have to keep inviting people on who haven't listened until they, if they just listen to themselves over. Yeah. That oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Out of sheer like narcissism, <laughs> yeah. they'll listen to the pod. Yeah. Exactly. I don't even know what I sound like. I don't even know what I sound like when on online on the on the internet. Oh dear. Uh, you're an assistant coach. I am. I do assist in coaching. And uh, at where? Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for for women's soccer. That's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you played. D1 college soccer. I did. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It I did is. that one time. Morgan, so, yeah. have you ever told the fans that you are also a collegiate <laughs> soccer player? A D3. Let's just not tell them which way the numbers go, and it'll all be good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Bigger is better. <laughs> <laughs> Size doesn't matter, though. Okay, well, <laughs> anyways, what's our topic today? <laughs> the reason we brought Paige on today for our in-person pod fans have been clamoring to hear that episode, but That's we, we're right. doing a quick interlude. Wait. A quick interlude here because we had resident uh, expert here on the pod because we're talking about FIFA and the upcoming Qatar 2022 World Cup and other kind of sporting politics nexus issues um, that have come up in the past year or so. So why don't we start by you both giving a background of why FIFA is, uh, let's say, a less than noble organization. What are some of just like, do you want to do the highlights of some corruption scandals in the past or just... I mean, I don't think anyone... They're pretty much openly corrupt. Right. Because we, we've talked about sports and politics a couple times on the pod. And in the past, we've talked about orga- like organizations like the NBA, which are domestic organizations. So the equivalent would be kind of like the Premier League or the English FA in soccer. But with FIFA, it is literally the over-encompassing world body of football, of soccer. And there is essentially no competitor because of that. Mm-hmm. ingrained yeah. in the system is that they are the hegemonic power they have monopoly power over soccer worldwide so it doesn't really matter it's essentially similar to having an autocratic government in charge of something there's no competitor so why would they not take a little off the top and why do they care if players have to play in the middle of the summer in Qatar if they're going to be making an extra $2 billion on top of their salaries it's not only the Qatar World Cup, which we'll talk about, but the most recent World Cup was held in Russia, which is not known to be exceedingly nice uh, to many 
minority groups. Um, they've had a number of events in Azerbaijan, another other countries with egregious human rights abuses. Um, and while organizations like Amnesty have spoken out against those abuses, really nothing has been done, nor has anything really been attempted. Because, like I said, there's basically no way of improving it without breaking it down. And it's just so profitable and so overwhelmingly enjoyed by so many different people across so many countries that it poses a massive political problem to human rights abusers all over the world. Right. There's no incentive for it to change because it's Mm -hmm. massively profitable and there's no, like, reason for anybody who's, like... No one would get elected. Is it a president or who? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one would get elected as the president of FIFA on campaigning on a on a reform platform. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's just let's make less money and start to recognize yeah. Uh, yeah. some of the human rights abuses of the countries that want, are that are courting us. I mean, yeah. Would you really make less money though? Like I feel like you know, it's not like. They, what is their reason to be so corrupt? I mean, it is the most popular sport in the world. You're going to make money no matter where you host the World Cup. But it's the quantity. Of money, yeah, it's right? always you can always have more money. I mean, it trickles right. down. Right for every individual that's involved in this, it's not like billions. It's millions, which is still ridiculous. But everyone who has yeah, five million dollars and six, seven million dollars. Um, at the beginning of the last FIFA conference, which was just a couple months ago, they started it off by saying. Uh, that they had reached $2.5 billion in just reserve money that they had for a rainy day, which doesn't really make sense because I don't know how soccer can have a rainy day. <laughs> it's like right, yeah. The matches got canceled for like a year straight or something. Um, but that kind of shows where the loyalties lie. Right. Not necessarily for promoting the game, but for promoting the coffers. And are they, is FIFA taxed at all? Like, you know, I don't actually know. I know that that was part of the reason why they ended up having some arrests with FIFA is because the U.S. kind of took it upon themselves to persecute corruption that had taken place with U.S.-related officials. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But there was no, like, overarching organizing body that has even approached FIFA's corruption. Right, so there's no, like, corporate tax on FIFA. It's just the individuals who... Yeah, and the individual organs. Because they, they basically are the overarching body that deals with like the English FA and other national groups to kind of coordinate international schedules, national team events, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about the controversy of, is it, is Qatar the right way to say it or Qatar? I, I think it is actually Qatar, but we can say Qatar because that's what most people, people actually know. It know as. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll say Qatar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Qatar, it's scheduled to have the next World Cup in 2022. Um, there's a, hey, don't put your tea bag in my tea. <laughs> Paige made us some Egyptian licorice tea, um, which is pretty tasty. It is good, huh? Surprisingly good. It's very good. If you don't like licorice, you might still like this is our first advertisement, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Rationalist getting paid the big bucks by yeah. Egyptian licorice. Yogi. Mm, Yogi. 100% organic. So we will not be mentioning the, the Egyptian human rights abuses on today's show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not that Egypt's ever had human rights abuses. No. Um, so yeah, in 2022, Qatar is scheduled to have the World Cup. It's still going to be in summer, right? 
It, it will be in no November to December because it's so damn hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're changing. Well, isn't that going to mess up all of the um, scheduling for yeah, the it's Premier the League? Middle of every, not just the Premier League. Pretty much every, every league, maybe league. not the MLS, is pretty much the only one. Every <laughs> other league <laughs> runs through. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, we can get to that later. <laughs> so how did they pull that off? They like because these are all multi-billion dollar enterprises the premier league mm-hmm. and the spanish league and the german league how, just the sheer like how did all of those leagues basically because the players have first loyalty to the countries and the countries all consented to to go into cutter and that everyone was in on this like how did that Pretty much i mean that's the off? thing is like fifa has the power over the local domestic leagues because the players want to play on the world stage at the world cup it is the dream of so many kids to play. It's only every right. four years. Right. Like you're not you going to turn so, that down. But I think it, for a lot of I people. I feel like it's shifting so much. But For a club. I mean, club pays the bills, but when all said and done, I think that representing I your team at the, at the World Cup is pretty much the pinnacle. What, why do you disagree? I, disagree? I mean, maybe this is a different topic, but um, I mean, I the best players in the world are playing club soccer and you know if you go to the world cup it's like yeah you're playing the best players in that country but that doesn't mean that they're the best players in the world it's not necessarily better i think the club teams would beat the world cup squads pretty right but i feel like there's more value in like hey i've worked all year to play this system of play i'm with these guys every day every week you know there's grind and grit in that and I think there's deep loyalties to a club. Obviously, you know, your country is your country and that's your nationality. But I just, I feel like winning the Champions League is, has so much more value personally than. Are there any players, are there any players who are vocal about caring about the club team more than their international team? Well, I mean, there are, there are lots of players who play for countries that are just never going to make the World Cup, right? Uh, Yeah. Like lots of really good players who just have no chance. Like, uh, when, when am I, who am I thinking of? Um, this guy that was re- Drogba. Although Cote d'Ivoire was pretty good. Yeah. yeah when, when he played, they did make the World Cup actually stop the Civil War when he when they made the, the right. World Cup. But somebody wow. like Obama Yang from Gabon. Like Christian Pulisic. Obama? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Christian Pulisic. <laughs> even better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing that they were able to shift... All of, and all of the TV contracts for all of those leagues had to change. Like that's mind blowing. So much behind it. How much? So Qatar has Qatar has their. Is it all oil money? How are yeah, like where? Pretty much. How are they financing this endeavor? Yeah. I mean, the, the, if you actually watched the, so this is t- almost ten years ago now. So it was 2010 when they announced that Qatar would be hosting the 2022 World Cup. Yeah. The video that they released at the time, to illustrate what it would look like to host the World Cup in Qatar is one of the most futuristic looking crazy things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I could see why they thought, oh, this will make up for the fact that it's the middle of the desert and all these other things have to change. I don't think that the you know briefcases full of money hurt anything. <laughs> but uh, there, there's a couple, we can just talk about the World Cup specifically there. It's, it's the only World Cup to be held in a nation that doesn't allow alcohol. It'll be wow. the only World Cup to be held in a nation where all the stadiums are in one city. So it's not like they're throughout. The, they're all mm. in Doha. 
So they're, they're literally within a couple miles, and they've pitched us as like, oh, it'll be a very encompassing experience, but it's also very different than pretty much every other World Cup. Won't that be, in some ways, like easier on the teams? You know, in Brazil, like they had to fly to in the, the middle, middle of the... the yeah, like it was on jungle. And they were so. just, if you saw the, the Germany game, they are just getting drunk before the game. They won't have to have that yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting... Yeah, and so it'll be very, very different than a lot of other things. And this is why I think this one has stood out in the eyes of a lot of people, even though they have, it seems as if they've made a lot more effort to kind of address some of the human rights problems than Russia. Let's talk about some of those human rights problems. So there's been, do you know, do you know how many cases of... there were Multiple. like 6,000 incidents filed with, oh my with God. the, yeah. Basically the working conditions, building some of these stadiums in like the heat of summer and people dying from, um, exhaustion, just heat, heat stroke. Heat stroke yeah. And yeah. And just poor working conditions, like people right. falling off structures. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Yeah. We read about in the articles that we'll post in the description. There was one by the guardian, one by New York times. That's uh, Soccer's Politics, Whether It Likes It or Not, by Rory Smith. And Qatar World Cup Chief insists progress being made on migrant rights by Patrick Wintour. Um, so basically, they were just talking about, there's this one uh, case of a migrant British worker who died um, at a construction site in Qatar. And um, basically, the family had to just rally immense pressure to even get any information essentially about his death. And finally it was like adjudicated, adjudicated by a British judge to like look into the inquiry. So all that to say, there's not very much transparency at all about um, how these stadiums are getting built and the working conditions and uh, that are uh, being fostered to create this experience for 1.5 million fans that they're mm-hmm. anticipating. Um, so I guess that on top of, um, you know, there's no, there's going to be no, you know, the, the Qatari officials are saying, yeah, we welcome the LGBT community as long as there's no public <laughs> displays of affection uh, in terms of the fan base um, that are coming to the world cup. Uh it's interesting because they're trying to the official that's quoted in um, this Guardian article, who is Hassan Al Thawadi. I'm probably butchering the um, pronunciation of that, but it's um, he's trying to toe this line between we're a conservative country but not a closed country, which is he's quoted as saying, which is a fascinating you know kind of circle to try to square. <laughs> I think that. Um, the idea that they're not cleaning up their act just because the World Cup is coming here and just because of the scrutiny, it's something that they were wanting to do anyway, which is kind of what they're trying to purport, is um, <laughs> silly to me. Silly is not the right word, but it's it's very naive to think that these, to me, that these will actually be lasting changes. And it's not like what Brazil did, where they're just pushing out poor people from their apartments and then bulldozing them Mm. and creating you know more of the infrastructure for hosting something like the olympics or the the world cup but i don't know what do you think yeah i mean it's interesting to just 
look at the motives of Qatar officials in the first place. They're a very, very successful economic country that relies a lot on immigrant labor. And they should have or would have known that this would have brought quite a spotlight on these practices and and others. And slavery was legal until the 1950s there. And it's only a country of 2.8 million people, 700,000 which are Indian immigrants, something... Just it's actually know. only 10% of the population is local. Right. 90% That's of the nuts. population is, is foreigners. <laughs> nuts. Um, and so, and the, you know, obviously the quality of life between the 90% foreigners and the 10% of locals is, is massive. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to lose money, right? On the World Cup itself, they'll lose billions of dollars. So what do you think the motivation is long-term for them to have hosted the World Cup for six weeks or however long Yeah, I would say it's similar to, to countries elsewhere that have, that have applied and, and tried to host these events in the past. They're trying to build up name recognition. Why did Russia want to host the 2018 version? Because they wanted to be seen as a legitimate world power again yeah. to show that they can host to like, a big event. And to normalize the current regime. Yeah, Putin's to be regime. the center of attention for everyone in the world. Um, and I think that's the same type of thing that we're seeing here. Um, Do you think that those who are participating in these events in Russia or in Qatar are legitimizing the regimes that are clearly, um, in some cases, killing innocent people or, like, abusing its own population? When you say participating, you mean the players or...? I guess I would put it more on the decision-makers who are... Yeah, I mean... It's like tough. I guess the executives of these teams, or like the soccer, the presidents of the soccer federations of these nations. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say, but I don't know if I don't think any one president of any organization in the world would have the power to take their team out of the World Cup if they qualified. Oh, I think there you don't be, think that falls to like if, one position, or like if you were the president of the German FA and you said Germany's not playing in the World Cup, how, I don't think you would have a job. Very much you longer. would just get fired. How <laughs> yeah. many people do you think how? What would it take for for someone like, well, America, like, no one would care if we didn't go to the World Cup. <laughs> we didn't even go to the last oh, World Cup. As a protest to Russia, yeah. I, I remind you, listeners. <laughs> all the players were like, listen, I know all we need is to tie Trinidad and Tobago to go to the World Cup, but we need to lose this game as a protest. Exactly. Make it look like we suck. Exactly. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey. Missed that goal by six inches. Hit the bar. (laughs) He's brilliant. All right. um, So you don't think, let's say, yeah, let's say a team like Germany or Spain or France. Yeah, I mean, I think they are, but I'm not sure they have much of a choice. I I think the the issue needs to be built from kind of the grassroots up. I don't think it's it's the role. The German FA just said that they will not play any more games in countries where women aren't allowed into stadiums or women aren't treated like men in reference to soccer. So okay. that was like within the last two months. Does not does not not apply to Qatar. Um, Qatar, it's only where women aren't allowed in stadiums. Women can go to stadiums in Qatar. They can watch the games, everything like that. So okay. it, it doesn't apply to Qatar. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they held that up if if FIFA voted to hold the World Cup in Saudi Arabia or something. Yeah. If that would actually be enough of a decree to take them out of the World Cup, right? Um, I mean, it's interesting. You can see, like, um, South Africa was banned from the Olympics from '64 to '88 because of apartheid. Other countries have been banned for the Olympics in the past. Um, 
there have been there's been precedent over and over again of players sitting out of games and events. Muhammad Ali, very famously, um, because of protests to political issues. But sports have always tried to toe a line between something you know entertainment can be apolitical, and I'm not really sure that that's true anymore. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the other article that we read, yeah. the New York Times one? Yeah. Because it's basically kind of pointing out the hypocrisy of like you can't say that soccer is doing all of this social good and good for the kids and you know building all this morale and good social values at the same time that you're saying mm-hmm. that uh, that you're not going to support players who are taking a stance against you know like this one player how, how do you pronounce that Mizut Uzu yeah, so uh, he... What club is he on? He's on Arsenal. Oh, on Arsenal. Until, until this, he'll probably get traded. Oh, snap. Why? Because uh, of this? Not... No, he has... As a player, honestly, this makes me like him a thousand times more than I liked him before. He's kind uh, of lazy, and he, he's incredibly talented. Yeah. He has yeah. been for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best players in the world for a while. Um, has some work rate issues and things, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I highly respect him for, for what he spoke out about, you can mention. Yeah, so uh, I guess on his social media feeds, his Twitter and Instagram, he's criticizing, you know, according to this New York Times piece, criticizing the Chinese government's mass detention of Uyghurs, a largely uh, Turkish Muslim minority in Xinjiang province in China's northeast. So basically, he was saying, he was quoted as saying, don't they know that uh, Muslims are silent. He wrote, "Don't they know that consent for persecution is persecution itself?" It was basically this idea of like participating in um, or not acknowledging certain human rights abuses, um, kind of sweeping it under the rug, is partaking in the like perpetuation of that abuse. Um, and so, China kind of pulled a Hong Kong NBA on him and. <laughs> said uh, the Chinese Football Association responded that he hurt the feelings of the Chinese people. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. <laughs> and we, of course, had a, a massive debate uh, as to whether to talk about this on the pod because of our substantial financial holdings of rationalist in the forest. Yeah. So. I mean, given all the money, like, this is kind of a bold stance for us to take, given all the yeah. money that we're getting from certain Chinese Xi Jinping but, himself. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's important to... You know, put our values on the line. Absolutely, really take but a yeah, stand where just, others, LeBron didn't. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> but just the idea that uh, the idea that his team would just kind of try to distance himself from these comments and say, "Well, he has free speech, but it doesn't reflect, you know, the club." Yeah. And for uh, FIFA to kind of distance themselves, well, like um, it's, I guess it just goes to show that. Again, it's people are putting business above human rights. And a lot of the teams of the Premier League are already owned by sheiks and right. members of right. nationals of states that right. you know, are, are champions of human rights abuses. Right. Over. So it's, it's not necessarily a new thing. Um, one of the petty things that the Chinese right. government did that I would just want to mention was uh, Scrap Ozil from the... The local uh, version of FIFA that they have in China, Pro Evolution Soccer. <laughs> oh, the video like, game? Yeah, they got rid yeah. of them. They, the next download, they took them out of the game, which is just amazing. Um, yeah, they're just like Stalinizing, and, yeah. you know, airbrushing yeah, them out of yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's horrible. I think 
I, I'm going to take take slightly controversial back end here and say that I think in in Qatar's case, if you look at the it's called the kafala system, which is yeah. how they structure migrant work throughout a lot of the Middle East, especially the the peninsula um, where Qatar is. The kafala system is basically like nineteen, maybe even like eighteen hundred style labor. Um, organization that doesn't really allow for unions. It doesn't allow for you to speak with your the owner of your work or to switch between organizations once you come to Qatar and and other countries in in the Middle East. And that is actually being scrapped largely because of the international pressure that has come yeah. from the U, the World Cup being hosted there. And I don't know if that would have been the case if they hadn't. Yeah, maybe that's a really good counter argument to those who are like, "This is a catastrophe that we're legitimizing." the Qatari regime in allowing them to host the World Cup, maybe it's the best thing that could have possibly been done because it's forcing change that otherwise wouldn't have happened. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think, think it, I think it's very plausible. I don't think FIFA should get any credit because it surely wasn't their intention. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think they had this master chess game. Sepp Blatter was thinking 10 steps ahead. But uh, I do think that that has been a side effect of the World Cup being hosted in Qatar that you haven't seen in places like Russia, which was kind of strong enough to just kind of be like, yeah, whatever, don't come if you're LGBT. Right. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think it probably will have more beneficial effects than negative in the end, personally. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it should be repeated. And I think it's something that we can kind of use to build on and how soccer can shed a light on these abuses rather than how soccer can kind of shield and legitimize these abuses. Mm-hmm. But isn't that like the rub is that what is shedding light versus what is shielding? Absolutely. You know, because they could use that shedding light motive as a way of shielding. I mean, I think that's what they hoped. I don't think that they thought there would be as much international pressure as they've gotten. I think the the man you mentioned earlier, the commissioner of of Qatar's uh, footballing association has said, like, this is basically unfair. Why is everyone coming after us when Russia's just as bad? Uh, didn't sound exactly like that, but that's essentially what he was getting at. He's like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> but um, I think that goes to show that maybe it was a little bit more of a spotlight than they had hoped or sure. anticipated. Um, th- I mean, I pr- I'm not going to say, it's, it's, I shouldn't say it's more good than bad, but I think there, there can be good taken from a, what is just a shitty decision and a corrupt decision, um, and that we should use that portion of what's going on to try to evaluate how we can put pressure on FIFA and other organizations and soccer players themselves to address these things within the game. I don't think soccer can, like any other sport, can really be apolitical uh, like it hopes to be. And if you take that into consideration, then there are certain things that you need to draw the line on. Um, and yeah, I think that's the future of, of sport in general. Yeah. What do you think, Paige? Would you go to uh You were trying to get me to go to the Russia World Cup. I was like, why would I, I want to go to Russia? No, you didn't want to go. No. So yeah, okay. would you go to Qatar? Because of your strong principled political stances. Because of my strong principled <laughs> political stances. It wasn't because I thought yeah. Russia was a miserably cold, awful mm. place to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember you being like, man, I'm conflicted. I really want to go. I have these tickets. Yeah. I spent thousands of dollars and now it's in Russia. Seriously. I have to give them up. Yeah. And it's TikTok. Right. So. right. Uh, would I go? Gosh, probably not. Um, what if it was cheap and easy? I'll do anything if it's cheap and easy. <laughs> <laughs> There's like too many jokes that we can like. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. refrain our audience from having to. 
Yeah. I know you haven't listened to too many episodes, but this is a very professional environment. Yeah. This is, <laughs> oh, is it? Shoot. Yeah. It's My bad. Professional. I'm sorry. I mean, knowing you guys. You never get into profanity. We're here in suits. You usually can't tell because we're not in person, but. I'm here in my 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 suit. Eddie's yeah. in his suit with his bow tie. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my bikinis. <laughs> <laughs> Bikini right. jammies. <laughs> yeah, they have bikini prints on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would you not go to a World Cup in Qatar? Mm, I mean, call me crazy, but like, I don't find that an attractive place to visit. Why? Um, I mean. I think the Middle East just has a stigma of not being very inviting. Um, certainly not very inviting to women. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's hot. I don't really want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had a bad experience with heat in the past. Yeah, I'm prone to heat strokes. No, I just, I guess my reason... Uh, is pretty elementary. I mean, it just doesn't seem like an easy place for a young female to travel. I mean, considering that, but also just language barrier and, um, yeah, it just is notorious for not being very safe. So, uh, that's why I wouldn't go. Um, but would I be tempted? Yeah, sure. I love soccer. So, you know, I can be blinded, blinded by love. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, especially considering you're trying to go to Russia. I know. I know. And also, that's for me. I'm like, well, why does that make sense? Also a language barrier. Also not a terribly safe. I know. Hey, we've never had anyone get so called out on the pod before. It's yeah. just like. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. And that's why I'm like, well, now that I'm, you know, as I'm speaking out loud, like, does that make sense? Maybe. I don't know. But I imagine you're a player as well. Like, it's one thing as a fan. It's, the pressure to be able to go, you have the opportunity is so strong. Imagine if you're a player and this is your one chance. You have the four years, you're in your prime, your team makes the World Cup. Right, and right. You're going to not go as a principled stance against a country that that's tough. That's why I don't really hold any of the individual players responsible. And mm-hmm. Ozil will certainly suffer financially from what he spoke out about. And he probably knew that was coming. So isn't that what it's it, Isn't that what like the. More. Definition of courage is yeah, that. absolutely. Right. You have <laughs> to, to like spend your career. And it's your hard to respect someone. an Arsenal player, but this is, <laughs> this is the closest. This is the closest I've come. Yeah, it's hard to think that anyone playing for Arsenal would have any integrity. Yeah, right. It's really right. difficult. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, are there the New York Times article was talking about how? Uh, do you want to talk about Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, your boy. Talk about Klopp. Yeah, your boy. Oh what did you think of yeah so who for the for the listeners that don't know who's Jurgen? uh he's the best Jürgen. manager in the world possibly of all time yeah wow huh is that of, fact of, or of which yeah. club yeah the citations will be included in, of in which club Liverpool Football Club do you want to remind fans also that like you flew to Kiev Ukraine from Joburg it's true for the Champions League final, it's true. Two years ago, yeah, yeah, two years ago now. So you're you're all in on the Klopp uh, train. I I love him. He's a great guy. I uh, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. What do you think about his comments? Like when when they tried to so they were in so Liverpool was part of this, uh, which because they won the Champions League, they were in this kind of world tournament. Yeah, could you just say that again though? 
Oh, <laughs> Liverpool oh won the God. Champions League. Yeah, they defeated. Okay. They defeated. <laughs> they defeated Matt McDougall's favorite club, Tottenham. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They played in the Cup World Cup last week, um, and they won again. Um, and yeah, I, they asked Klopp about. He's been outspoken in the past. Pretty, he's been fined a bunch of times for speaking out against Brexit. Oh, okay. a bunch of uh, and for a bunch of other. Oh, so you get fined for. Oh yeah, if you speak out for anything, I mean it's the same as like yeah, you'll get fined. But I feel like in basketball, case. if you criticize the refs, you'll get fined. But yeah. you can talk about any political issue, you know, and not get fined. It depends. Which, I mean, they won't even the the FA is really petty. Known the English FA yeah. specifically, they because Liverpool won the the Club World Cup. FIFA gives you a badge you're supposed to wear in the center of your jersey, and the English FA won't let Liverpool wear it. They said that they, after a lot of mediation, they'll allow them to wear it for one game, <laughs> <laughs> which is just ridiculous. That's but awesome. uh, yeah, and so he's spoken out about a lot of things in the past, which makes it all the more kind of disappointing that he he basically opted out. He said, uh, "Speak to people who actually know politics." Um, he pulled a LeBron. Yeah, pretty much. So I mean, he was also or in, not as bad as LeBron. No, though. not nearly as bad as yeah, LeBron. But he didn't criticize anyone else for speaking. He out gave a non-answer. Yeah, he avoided avoided the answer. Um, he was also in Qatar when they were asking, <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been a little awkward. I mean, but, it is uh, fair to say, like, hey, I know you're baiting me. I'm not going to take the bait. Yeah, but also, no, it's definitely yeah. disappointing because he has stood up for a lot of principled issues in the past. Um, well, it's and, like they're not going to fire him. Yeah, of, yeah. Oh, of course not. But, I mean, Liverpool, so the Qatar um, FA came and met with Liverpool's fan groups in advance of the World Cup, and right. they conceded to allow certain types of alcohol to be drunk in certain areas, They to be okay with LGBTQ things like, being done and, and said. Was and that like scaffolding for the World Cup? Like, yeah, this all kind of is, right? The, basically, having the Club World Cup there in the first place is was kind of a test run oh, for I see. the World Cup. Um, and the Confederations Cup is next summer, which will also be in Qatar, which is usually like the more of a more advanced dry run. It'll be in the summer in Qatar. Uh, I think it will be, oh. but I don't actually know for sure. Yeah, because they won't they won't up in two seasons for the Confederations mm-hmm. Cup, so sure. it would be in the summer. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean it. Yeah, disappointing. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Well, I guess it's it's what should he have done? Like, is is it? Is this over the line and should he have said something? Or is it... Well, you're saying it's disappointing, so you're saying he should have said something. Basically. I don't know if saying something would necessarily be the right thing. I think if Liverpool had boycotted the entire event, that would have been something really cool. Right. I would have really supported that. Um, especially since it's most like... For European countries, it's not really that important of an event to begin with. Right. It would have been... A, an opportunity to take a principled stance mm-hmm. um, against something like that. But, I mean, the the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, you could... The problem is it runs through the top. You would have to start boycotting pretty much every FIFA event because pretty much every one of them is held in a place <laughs> where you would have to start boycotting. So it's... I like that play, it seems like Germany are starting to say, look, this is where we draw the line, and then we can build from that and say, look, now that we've actually said we will not play certain places because of things that we oh, yeah. that our country is diametrically opposed to, yeah. we can start to build on that and say, well, if women's rights are the issue, now can we say that migrant rights are also an issue that we will draw a line in the sand? Right. And is this an issue? And so I think it has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that it's starting 
it is starting. Um, that's definitely an improvement, but you know, we're a long way from having soccer be the force for just enjoyment that it really should be because it's such a fun game. Right. I guess when people see just how I get, yeah, undeniably appealing and like irresistibly appealing it is for so many countries in the world. And they see an opportunity to maximize profit on the backs of exploitation that becomes like the murky area. But then obviously that's going on all over the place in every country. And it exists to a lesser extent the World Cup was there, right? Sure. Yeah. So, but still it's kind of like, there are certain issues where it's like, well, if 6,000, you know, people are being hurt or killed, so, yeah. uh, build stadiums or if, 800,000 yeah. people are being in, in basically concentration camps in China. Um, or if democracy is being so just blatantly suppressed. It, it does seem like there are certain issues where it's so clearly beyond the pale that a stance does need to be taken by those with some sort of power and authority. And like with sports comes influence. Mm-hmm. And with influence is always political. Like, I don't know how Absolutely. you it's exercise any sort of influence yeah. without it, yeah. like, becoming a yeah. political yeah. weapon. Not yeah. weapon, but, like, force. Yeah, I mean, I, I I totally agree. I think we've been downplaying because of it's held up against, you know, China's abuses and Russia's abuses. But, yeah, I mean, by many definitions, the migrant labor policies in Qatar are basically slave labor. Yeah, or has it not at least, like, indentured servitude? If you can't, (laughs) like, you you can't leave the country, your employer basically... No matter how poorly your employer employer treats Mm. you. Um, And, yeah, I mean, if the U.S. men's team qualified for the World Cup and decided not to go, I would be all for that. Right. I know, what do you think? Would you... Support that that motion? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, I think... Can Cal Poly host an alternative World Cup? You yeah. <laughs> know, for the teams. I think Pulisic is still is still single. Page. I think I don't think so. Is he not? Oh. I thought he had like a girlfriend from high school. Dude, I mean, come time. on. I, give it the time. Dang, I've not been reading Instagram the tabloids before. Okay. No, I. I mean, I think all this talk about sports being apolitical. It's like, gosh, sports are like the one thing that can bring. Different cultures, languages, genders, socioeconomic, I mean, like, whatever. It's just mm. that what bridges um, the gap um, because it's just you don't need those things to play the beautiful game. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's tough because you kind of want, like, the sport to stay pure and just stay as entertainment. But when you have the power that you do, it, it comes with responsibility. And I think you gotta, it's hard, but you know, you, you gotta wield your power and, and stand up for what you believe in. I think. Well, yeah. Especially when the countries who are hosting events like this are for blatantly political yeah. reasons. Like, do we allow ourselves to be, to be manipulated? Well, I guess we did allow ourselves to be manipulated <laughs> by Russia into like legitimizing them as yeah a major world power that's that's worth hosting all of these like free western nations mm-hmm. um yeah i mean we we just kind of like got sucked in by putin 
Like that that was Putin. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's kind of shitty. Yeah, the cost is too high. I love soccer, but yeah. You, yeah. It needs something needs to be done. I don't really have a solution for you at the moment, but Yeah. Or I mean or even like the the president of the United States like throwing the first pitch of a baseball game. Like it's always been yeah. to varying degrees at various points in time, but you're talking about Muhammad Ali uh uh protesting against the war yeah. like so yeah i mean wherever there's a platform where there's a wherever, wherever there's influence there's going to be politics and so i don't think it's mm-hmm. possible to, to make it like a purely apolitical thing uh, yeah but and you wouldn't want it to be right it's a platform that doesn't exist in a lot of other arenas yeah right? it has so much value mm-hmm. so much power yeah but you also don't want it to like i don't want to think about when i watch steph curry shoot a three i don't want to like think who he's voting for before I just enjoy, you know, exactly. like I and get I that think, too. Yeah. It's like, you want to still preserve the purity and joy of the game, but you know, like, I think I care about, I think I care about united political stances against outright human rights abuses. Mm-hmm. I don't care personally who LeBron James is voting for in 2020. <laughs> like I don't care what any of these athletes actually necessarily think about the nuances of politics but i do care if we're legitimizing corrupt regimes that yeah. are essentially like responsible for the deaths of thousands and of that's people. why it should it, we should kind of empower the like the usfa or the german fa to do what they're doing or to, yeah. in the german case the usfa has done shit including <laughs> producing a terrible team but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the their greatest <laughs> sin <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about drawing the line. I mean, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. One last thing before we close. I just want to ask. I recently heard a proposal to make the Women's World Cup every two years. Oh. Are you in favor of this? or? Wow. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I think the club game isn't as strong in the uh, women's game. So that would be an awesome opportunity to grow the game because it – the Women's World Cup does draw so many people to yeah, watch women's yeah. sports. Yeah. Um, so that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, to see that kind of gain more ground. I agree with you. I think they should do it every year. I think it should be... Oh, every year? No. Why? Every, once a year is Because like, it has to be kind of special. The Super Bowl comes once a year. Everyone watches that. <laughs> that's you know? true. It's but that's one game. March Madness is like 150 games. Oh, that's true. Do uh, mm. where do you stand? So one of our uh, previous episodes was about the U.S. women's national team and like wages and should they be paid the same as men? And all that stuff. Where do you stand on that? It's one of our most controversial. Episodes. It's one of our most controversial. Really? Episodes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> where do you where do you stand on like equal pay for the women's team? Um. Well, I feel like a lot of people just are like, oh my gosh, you know, it should be equal pay. It's the same job, right? And I I see that, but I also recognize, like, yeah, like, guys are more athletic than girls. And the guys' game is faster. It can be more entertaining to watch. And so um, I, I think that, you know, if it's coming down to uh, how much money that they're bringing in, you know – the women bring in more than the men, so why are the men getting paid more? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, what do you mean by bringing in? Well, since like the just, US didn't make the work of the men's team, the women's team's been making a lot more. Uh, 
and, and they <laughs> get um, yeah I mean like they have I don't know just as many if not more people watching their games um, and so to me it's like well you know if you're you're talking in that sense I, I do think that they should be paid the same um, especially because they are you know yeah, they have a big fans, but they're also winning. They're winning World Cups, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, Personally, my stance is that the U.S. men's team should not get paid to play. Until the they start team. winning? They, no, even if they win. You're playing for pride of your country. You're playing for your nation. Well, then that's why should the about. women be paid? Because there's no national club game. Like, they're basically supporting their careers. So it's more like Olympic athletes. Okay. Yeah. I could, yeah. I think that's a harder argument to make, I guess, if you're talking equality. It's a different game, though, right? There's no club equivalent of, like, men's and women's soccer. It's very, very different. Right. I mean, the the um, women's club game is growing quite a bit. That's good. Yeah. And it's awesome. You know, they yeah. have such a good uh, foundation just because, you know, Barcelona, you know. Oh, we'll just add a women's team. All right, they you've have... convinced me. Neither one should get paid. <laughs> <laughs> You're already here. Um, <laughs> no, but, I mean, just... Um, it's really, really cool to see just, yeah. you know, the Champions League growing over there as well. And, um, and then also in the United States, the NWSL is the longest running league. Mm. We do. Wow. Well, when you make it big time and you're the coach of the Champions League winning team, I expect you to speak out against abuses. And I, I will, dang it. Okay. You and I'll uh, uh, tag this uh, podcast. You don't too, even remember the know? name, do you? Rational Ish. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and I saw you subscribe on your phone. I did. And rate oh, us. Dude, so call me a true great. fan. Mm. Uh, real quick, who's going to win the 2022 World Cup, Morgan? Ooh. Wow, that's a good question. That's a wild <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I think it's it's not going to be Europe for the first time in a while. I think I think Brazil. I think Brazil's going to win this one. Age? Wow. Gonna be Argentina. Okay, we're both taking South America. What do you think? Led by Dabala. But I'm not biased at all. <laughs> I'm um, just currently drinking out of a Dabala cup. That she's yep. given me. <laughs> let's, let's keep let's keep the non uh Europe predictions going. I'm going Mexico. I like it. I like it. A true underdog. <laughs> a true underdog. That is that's true. All right. Until all right. next time. See you soccer fans later. Keep tuning in to the ish. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, just like Paige did a minute ago, why don't you head over and just give it, <laughs> just go rate us on uh, your little Now Apple that we've podcast. lost our Chinese sponsors, yeah. really they're going to need the extra. extra. <laughs> go for five stars. Go for, I think. oh, wow. Think? Thank you so much. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm so touched. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Bye.